Hello there! It's 2022! And also a Friday, which means it's definitely time once again for the best movie podcast ever. The only movie podcast to offer objective and hyperbole-free discussion of every movie in the known universe. I am your host for a new... I was going to say new decade then, it's not a new decade, a new year... (laughs) The podcast with no name, Conrad, and with me as always, he's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It's Anthony James. It's about time. Toss a coin to me. Thank you. <laughs> I haven't watched that yet. I haven't watched it. I, I, I Netflix got no more of my blood money over the Christmas period. I, like, I got. I had a. We we talked about this, I believe, off air, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But I was. I'm. I, I'd like. I. I. My. My streaming subscription. Uh, catalog hit reach critical mass, and I had to go through and be like, "Nope, Netflix, you're yeah. off." Well, the thing is, well, you, like you, you, you subscribe to more than I would. You like you subscribe still to a wrestling app, do you? You yep. also subscribe to. There was another one you subscribed to which I didn't. Maybe Crunchyroll for a while. I'm not sure. Yeah, I've got. I, well, I had uh, Funimation for a while. I had Crunchyroll. Yeah. Those weren't on the docket at the moment, but I had <laughs> Disney Plus, Prime, Netflix. I still use my dad's Sky account. Uh, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's. So you get now TV. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, do you, you get know, movies I need to have and access. TV? Movies and TV on that package? Yep. Oh yes. Oh, oh yes. Oh, I need oh, to have oh, access oh, to oh. the Wire at all times. That's my. That's my. My. The way I like, I, always, I have to have access to dark at all times, but but yeah. uh, so that's why I can never get rid of Netflix. But um, Netflix and uh, Disney Plus are the ones I pay for. Although I have access to nearly them all because we do a sharing system in our family. Yeah, you steal. So you I steal. only I only that's pay for two. No, 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 no. It, you can have a number of devices. You can that's have true. a number of devices. That and is also, true. Also, I will say, oh, like Amazon Prime got completely mugged off by me recently. The way to hear this is, <laughs> like, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. So every year, right, I accidentally logged out of Amazon Prime. Remember, I told you that I had to. I logged out of it, and then I panicked and I had to buy Westworld season one, right? Yeah. So I still haven't logged back into my brother-in-law's Amazon Prime. So now I own Westworld season one, two, and three. But I will say that Amazon Prime has been completely mugged off by me this time, because they uh, they put up on their thing. They have football matches twice a year. Now, it just happened to be within a 30-day period. So I managed to see both of Manchester United matches on Prime for nothing because they did it in the one-month free trial. Absolutely mugged off Amazon. There you go. Suck it, Jeff Bezos. (laughs) Complain about it. To be fair, I've created this this idea in my head that the CEOs of the streaming companies are like complaining about us stealing by sharing accounts. Um, I don't know if that's to be true, but I choose to paint them as pantomime villains because they do it themselves, to be honest. What I would imagine is they'll let us do it until like one of them is has a monopoly and then all of a sudden they'll start like rip like you know, like yeah. finding it getting us and finding us Cracking and stuff. Down on but but at the minute they're like, let them share it, let Amazon Prime spread, yeah. you know? Give them a little taste of the Witcher before we <laughs> snatch it away. Um the keen eared among you will of course have noticed that uh, I mentioned Christmas in this introduction and it ain't Christmas no mo uh, Christmas 6th of, has... of January that's 6th of January at the... yep that's right oh wait no it'll be the 7th <laughs> at the time of release it's the 4th today let's be honest let's pull the curtain back once more um, <laughs> but either way it's not Christmas but we are going to stay true to our roots and we're going to strike at these uh, hot topics several weeks after they have passed out of the public eye. That's um, the way. We're, we're talking about Christmas movies that aren't actually Christmas movies this week. Yeah. Um, Non-Christmas Christmas movies. Yeah. yeah. 
and, uh, and we'll have a brief discussion before we get into it about what exactly that constitutes. And without further ado, I say, let's talk about some gosh darn movies. Let's do it. Movies. We're once again here to talk about them. It's a new year, it's a new us, but the same old conversation, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> I came to Anthony cap in hand this week and I said, I have uh, we actually know we've got a few movies to talk about but you know the christmas period is for watching mm. old beloved classics i don't think there's many people who watch new movies over christmas as a rule. unless you go on to the cinema i suppose uh, well, with, with uh with more si- releases coming out on streaming services services new i suppose but yeah, i guess I so yeah i mean i two years ago um at the height of a uh, what I didn't realise at the time, but in retrospect, was absolutely a very deep depression. I uh, went by myself to watch Cats in the cinema on Christmas Eve. Oh, yes. um, there were, I think, there's one other person in the cinema at the time. It was a, it's an experience that I don't cherish. I'll say that much for it. <laughs> um, but, but in the spirit of um, not watching new movies at Christmas, I thought what would be interesting to talk about this week is uh, looking back, not just at this Christmas period past, but uh, in, of all Christmas periods past, for all yeah. time, essentially. Okay. Um, movies that we enjoy watching over the Christmas period that really don't have anything to do with Christmas. And and I'd, I'd, quite li- I'd like to try and dress it up and say, oh, we're going to find a way to link these back to Christmas. But I think yeah. the reality for most of these is going to be we saw them over Christmas as kids and are nostalgic for them. Yeah, well, to a certain extent, that is true. I've got one, maybe, entry that slightly gets rid of that theory, but it still is nowhere near Christmassy. Um, yeah, it's, I, 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 having you already told me which ones you've got, and knowing yeah. the ones I've got, I think there's already a theme, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. There's a real <laughs> yeah. big theme yeah. to these type of films. <clears throat> and maybe we're, we'll have a couple of ideas in our head that are different, but mostly, Conrad, it seems that huge series of big budget films are the theme if you have if if you have a big budget film which spans three to four to five to six to seven films Mm. this is the time of year the more yeah the more movies in it or the more hours consumed watching it the more (laughs) likely i am to lay on the sofa in a turkey induced stupor and watch all of your movies without moving at any point um i I will i'm gonna possibly annoy some people here but i can't in good faith have us enter into a conversation about Christmas movies without sort of addressing the elephant in the room which is that we will not be discussing if Die Hard is a Christmas movie on this the oh yeah that discussion is the the office is my favorite tv show of movie discussions it's it's just I can't have that discussion anymore no one cares it's not gonna happen here (laughs) yeah yeah, that's that's fine uh the office uk it's a very good film, though. Uh, good show, though, I will say. <laughs> They're both good shows. That's oh, they the, are good. That's no, the great are, tragedy yeah. of it. And Die Hard is a great film. Don't get me wrong. But it's a, it, it's kind of like a secret handshake for people who aren't actually into movies or television. It's like, I'm just going to say this, and that's... Yeah. that's it's like, just like some some BuzzFeed reporter says, I need, yeah. a, I need a Christmas article here that will get people talking. Is Die Hard a Christmas film? Yeah. Every single year. It just, it's like a conversation I have with my drunken uncle. And, and who doesn't know anything about movies but remembers that from a tweet he saw 30 years ago um, okay. <laughs> 30 years <laughs> that's probably about how long Twitter's existed literally a surely. bird in his window saying Die Hard is a Christmas yeah. film Yeah. Um, 
but without further ado then do you, do you have anything that you wanted to add any confessions to make before we dive into this this list of our Chris, non-christmas christmas movies no no any confessions jeez well you know just in case you want to get a- get ahead of any of these <laughs> i haven't i haven't given i haven't been to confession since i don't know bless me father for i have sinned it has been <laughs> 22 years since my last confession so um, a couple of couple of hail marys so, hail marys yeah, so, our, what, what are they called well it depends what you're, you're you're the father in this respect so you would give me our fathers or hail marys or whatever you want me to say um yeah as my penance but uh you know not not a very big penance to be honest yeah but, but at the same time <laughs> i don't have any i have no regrets in terms of what i watch over, over christmas uh, you know me conrad i will s- go to bat for independent films as well as corporations uh i don't like corporations but some of the films they put out are good let's just say yep that's true um okay fine well with with uh clear consciences and hearts full of love we move into <laughs> to these i'll cut these non-christmas christmas movies um, over here yeah. <laughs> i'm saying <laughs> i'm saying nothing in response to that um okay i'm gonna start things off and I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch an idea to you here, and that right. is that all James Bond movies are in effect Christmas movies, um, mm. non-Christmas Christmas movies. But I I actually don't see you grew up in different countries to me, so I don't know whether this was the case in Australia or the Republic of Ireland or in Northern Ireland. I guess it would be in the, in Northern Ireland because we all pretty much have the same terrestrial TV growing up yeah um but certainly on like the bbc or it would have pr- probably been more itv in in england there was always bond movies on over christmas and i associate particularly like the roger moore and the sean connery ones yes i associate all of those with christmas well roger moore ones definitely i remember i watched uh can i say this on youtube i don't know i watched octopussy uh first time around christmas <laughs> it's fine you as long as you say it fast enough so yeah. that the double <laughs> yeah. entendre is not immediately obvious <laughs> yeah I watched that one, uh, the little plane where he has to fill up at a petrol station at the start. I, I watched that one quite a bit over Christmas. So actually, I think you're right. I never thought about that actually. Uh, yeah. For me though, the only the only true Christmas James Bond is Pierce Brosnan. Like, let's be honest. Like he, the velvety tones of a Pierce Brosnan oh. singing SOS. I mean, even when you watch James Bond now, you can't get it out of your mind. What was that from? Is that from <laughs> Mamma Mia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my my younger brother is not a fan of musicals, but then. Whenever he sees me listening to Lame Is or something, he's like, "What do you listen to that for?" And then he'll walk away going, "SOS." I mean, <laughs> say what you will about Mamma Mia, which I've never actually seen, to be fair. But Abba's music is beyond reproach, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, yes, like, yes. I mean, he, if he's chosen one musical to like, he's chosen a good one. Let's be honest. Exactly. Um, I will say actually, it's funny you mention Pierce Brosnan because although my Christmas love affair with James Bond, which I, which has waned a bit in recent years, I will admit, but it definitely reached fever pitch in the Christmas of 1998 when we spent Christmas Eve playing uh, a bunch of GoldenEye multiplayer Goldeneye, on my friend's N64 yeah. before then coming home to be given it as a Christmas present the next day. Oh, um, and that was before I'd even seen the movie. Uh, and The but, little cardboard box, you can't beat oh, it. Oh, I was I was having it. This, this is a complete tangent. I apologise to the listeners for this, but I'm, I'll be done briefly. Just bear with me for one second. I was having a conversation with some parents recently about like how when you buy kids consoles now, you need to like install the console ahead of time because you've got yeah. to install a bunch of like firmware updates and patches for the games and all that. 
and I was thinking back to like watching my dad set up the M64 on, on the big TV with like Diddy Kong <laughs> Racing and it probably took no more than half an hour but I, at the time I was like this is interminable this has taken far too long <laughs> and now you know kids are lucky if they get to play a game the same day that they get their uh, get their console I think that is that is nuts actually like because I, I got my wife we uh, I got my wife Just Dance for uh, okay. 2022 yeah. version for Christmas and uh, we did a you know like, we were singing from the chandeliers and all that sort of stuff but um uh the last friday night it must have been but uh that's also a song in the game but um so anyway i plugged it in and took 45 minutes to download onto the console i was like what's the point of having the little card in the switch if if none whatsoever none whatsoever the, 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 the cards as one might suspect from switch games don't actually hold very much data on them. The rest of it is all up in up in them their clouds. Wait, wait Having said that, I'll never stop buying them because they are awesome. I, I I just love having a collection of Nintendo games of whatever console it is. Like that is so cool. I just love the way, and they know it too. I know I know they know it, but I just love the way that they they package their games and like the little cards they are. I just love collecting them. Uh, yeah, love well, I mean, they 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 are useful for collecting. Also useful for you know selling on if you don't want them anymore. Can't do that with digital games. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, so Goldeneye, particularly Christmassy for me. Uh, I I love that game. I also big shout out to, and I had I will be honest, I had to look these up because I haven't seen them in so long. But the Spy Who Loved Me, the one that ends with like a big submarine fight where he frees a bunch of sailors at yeah. the end, um, and you only live twice. The incredibly racist one where Sean Connery portrays a Japanese man by doing something to his eyebrows. Um, I don't think I've seen that one that has a big like ninja fight at the end and i i think what i learned looking back through the sort of pantheon of bond movies that i i loved over christmas is that just the ones with the big fights at the end like a big base mm. and a big fight um that's what i need for my bond movie that's what bond's about big bases you know big yeah, bases exactly you, you need the scene where 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 the bad guy should have killed james bond but didn't um yeah. You need that scene. If you've got that scene, a big base and a big fight, you've got a, you've got a Bond film, really. Yeah, a bad guy with a name like Scaramanga as well. Like that's <laughs> th- that's that's what we need. Um, okay, well that's enough about James Bond. I could go on about him all day, but enough's been said about him. What have what have you brought to the table for us for this for this uh, prestigious topic? Okay, so I think this next one in people of my generation, you've missed it. You've you've missed this uh, boat, uh, Conrad. You have caught up now, but I don't know if it'll ever be nostalgic for you. Um, <laughs> And that, I don't know how to I don't know how to talk about this without mentioning uh, now <laughs> I thought of this earlier I couldn't say it without saying it's a pun 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 incoming uh, I don't know how to talk about this without talking about she who no, must not be named but uh, thank you thank you uh, <laughs> that's of course Harry Potter um, yeah. Harry Potter I think for a lot of people is a big Christmas one uh, keeping with the theme obviously of big long series of films uh, there's a lot so there's, there's a lot of Christmassy stuff in that though isn't there well there obviously each most of the films take place over a, a school year. Yeah. So you're going you're going to have a Christmas part of the film, yeah. um, but it's not necessarily. A they Christmas. go down to the fucking village. What's it called? And the drink, old drink of the hog's head. Hogsmead. Hog. Hogsmead. Uh, yeah. Is that the name of the village? Hogsmead. I think the village is Hogsmead. I can't remember what the pub is called where they get their cider or whatever it is they drink. The flying who be you, who be you call it? But I think uh, Aberforth Dumbledore works in the pub down there. That's all I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that for nothing. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Harry Potter was a big one for me uh, growing up. Um, I, I do. This is so strange to say, but I am one of the people who started reading books when I started reading Harry Potter. Like, uh, and the reason for that is when the first one came out. What was I? What was it like? Two thousand one. So I, I was no. like, 
97, I think, the first Harry oh, Potter yeah, came out. Oh, yeah, maybe it oh, was. Oh, what movie do you mean? Or, or book? The movie, I'm talking about the movie, yeah, yeah. Oh, the movie, I think, was 2001, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I, I remember when I first... Maybe I mentioned this podcast before, but when I, when, I, when the, the first trailer of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone came out, and that is Philosopher's Stone, uh, uh, American <laughs> listeners, I don't know why What's they What's it called that. over there? Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, like, we, we can't have our population knowing about philosophy, that's for sure. Um... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But uh, basically, um, my dad. Funny, like my dad was a real gruff man. Like, but he was he was very smart. Uh, didn't finish school, dropped out, became an electrician. Uh, eventually, ran a run a big business selling mobile phones. But for some reason, he just really respected uh, the book form over the film. I don't know why. Okay. So he, he he like as soon as the first trailer of Harry Potter came out, he was like he made us all read the book like before we saw the <laughs> film. Nice. Yeah. 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 Uh, so probably my first like leisurely read rather than something my school told me to read mm. when i was probably like nine or eight or nine um so i do credit which is interesting because apparently the statistics show that how, even though harry potter got a lot of kids into reading it didn't actually eventually lead on to them reading other things um yeah. but i am one of the ones that maybe did lead on to me i mean reading other things my i think that's often a stick and i say this as somebody who doesn't particularly like the harry potter books maybe because i i tried reading them when i was a little bit too old for them and and uh mm. I didn't you have enjoy to grow them. with them. You have to grow with them. Like yeah, that. but but I think it, that's a stick that's often used to beat that series. But ultimately, I think having read Harry Potter and nothing else is better than never having read at all. So you know, I think that I think is true. That is um, true. Um, I, I yeah. will also actually just say because you snuck something very very coyly in there at the beginning of that, which was to imply that there is somehow some kind of like generational gap between you and me. And <laughs> you and me there. No, that's that's why I no no sorry sorry I didn't mean it like that. I meant you all I, heard I mean, it, listeners. Yeah, no. You all, but if you go back and listen to it, listeners. Uh, Exactly one minute fifty five seconds before, but what I what I what I actually said was, our generation, meaning oh, you and that's me. That's not what he said. That's not I did, what he I said. Did, I, did, I said our generation, and then I said, but it skipped you by Conrad, meaning you weren't involved in it, right? Like, I, like oh, so we are in the same generation, but you didn't get involved in it, and we all know why, Conrad. It's because you're petty that you didn't get the Royal Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is it. that is. Uh, notwithstanding the generational comment which i resent uh <laughs> that is true i am incredibly petty about that and uh, and will to my dying day insist that i would have been a better harry potter than daniel radcliffe um yeah. Oh, that is but, fantastic. Uh, that's great. That's I, I'm I'm like as I get older and older, I'm becoming acutely aware that I'm becoming like Uncle Rico in uh, in <laughs> in Napoleon Dynamite, just re like rehashing these past glory, not even a past glory, like a failure that that I turned into a glory in my mind. Used to be able um, to throw a golden snitch quarter mile. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you know uh, but one little Harry Potter tangent here before we before we move on, because ever I think everyone agrees Harry Potter films sort of fit the non Christmas. Christmas oh, film. they do. Oh, they do. Uh, yeah, I, but, I would say but, so. Uh, one little tangent is you, you move. You live in Northern Ireland now, Conrad. And if one, if there's one thing is like, uh, I think the the young Zoomers are calling it chuggy. <laughs> yeah, you know. I learned that word not yeah. one week ago. Yeah. So let's let's be chuggy and talk about what chuggy means, right? So oh, apparently, I need to look uh, up the Guardian article that taught me that <laughs> what it means now. So apparently, no, apparently it's it's kind of like you know like you know you would say boomer, you know, meaning like a oh, boomer. Okay. So basically, Chugi is like our generation, but like it's like we're like old now, you know. So the yeah. Zoomers say, "Oh, that's so Chugi," you know. So, uh, <laughs> so for example, uh, I I heard that like liking Friends is Chugi, right? I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, but I would say that Harry Potter is the Friends of the fantasy world, you know. Yeah. Well, okay. That I mean, that's 
that's a potential. Th- this entire conversation is potentially going to put like a dagger through my heart because I think um, w- without I-, I don't necessarily want to leave Harry Potter behind just yet because there's probably some other stuff to say on that. But yeah. in a similar vein to your, in fact, these were literally coming out at the same time. It was like one of the one of this and then one of this. Um, my Christmas, my kind of definitive Christmas non-Christmas movies are the Lord of the Rings films, and yeah. I wonder if that has also now been. Uh, kind of relegated to the this is for old people bin now potentially but i i, I, I would think that i would think that the lord of the rings films are a cut above um to be honest with you and they they will stand the test of time as being high of high quality um i will yeah. say that I, I saw something interesting recently i think i think maybe even even Ema told me this um but apparently that the they looked at like the on average what like the comfort films which uh which again our generation like millennials go to to comfort themselves uh just like to be in to be in a safe a safe sort of place to watch a film and have the nostalgia and all that sort of thing yeah and for men of our generation it was star wars okay I think that make kind of makes a little bit of sense for, on yep. the average really and interestingly for women of our generation the number one film they go to is lord of the rings oh well there you go isn't that interesting i mean there's there's more I, I, that's it that is interesting because I, I, Lord of the Rings is a very kind of there. Obviously, there are female characters in it, but it's a very mm-hmm. male-centric story as well. I think mm-hmm. um, there's only really what Arwen and um, and uh, oh, I've already forgotten the character's name. That's awful. Um, the um, King of Rohan's daughter. Um, those are really the only female characters I can think of. That uh, oh, and Gladriel, I suppose. Aomir um, and who's the Aomir, That's it. Yeah, Aomir's the fella, uh, isn't it? He's the guy. No, he's the, the son. Eowyn. One of them's Aowyn and one of them's Aomir, and it's yeah. it's these fucking Saxon names. I can't you can't keep them straight. Um, well, I would say, I would say like the main storyline of like Frodo and Sam. Yeah. Is now I say this with a hundred percent. I say <laughs> I say this I say this with one hundred percent respect and actually admiration. I think there is a feminine quality to it, and oh, I, I mean, am, you know, and I am I am I am a man who thinks that male and female people have feminine masculine qualities with them i think i think rather than being like a macho dude bro like it's like i'm gonna talk about a film film shortly probably where it's like basically a buddy film right this is not okay. a buddy film this is like a romance between oh, frodo, I, frodo and sam you know if you if you watch the lord of the rings trilogy and i mean this sincerely like i think a lot of people kind of approach this in like a kind of comedic or they didn't mean it to but it kind of came across that way uh, kind yeah. of sense I genuinely think if you watch the Lord of the Rings movies and don't see a kind of latent romanticism in the relationship between Frodo and Sam I don't know what movie you're watching because it's you yeah. know there's very clearly a, if if not a romantic bond then an incredibly profound emotional bond between those two characters yeah. do you um, understand what I mean by like that sort of relationship in a film is portraying a positive feminine quality yeah, is, do I come across as a bit out of touch saying that I think <laughs> I, 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 I want to make it to make sure people understand what I mean is we as a society have said this is masculine this is feminine and this one is a good one i like you know yeah i I think it's definitely neither of them are particularly like kind of hyper masculine characters so i think a depiction of you know a a a, like a healthy relationship between between two two men that that you know is presented with those qualities just a positive relationship is feminine is what i'm saying men can't have (laughs) positive relationships in film mostly (laughs) men talk about football and violence and women 
that's all we talk yeah, about at all that's, times that's, yeah, exactly. um but yeah i mean lord of the rings for me i i did watch i watched the first two this christmas i didn't watch the the return of the king um because uh time got away from me but uh i i will watch it at some point in the coming coming weeks because i need to finish mm-hmm. it unfortunately as well i had to commit the ultimate sin of um I, I recently gave away my extended editions on dvd because i bought myself the blu-ray and then realized only too late that the blu-ray i own does not include the extended editions uh oh, which means no. i had to watch the baby version the baby three hour long versions for children rather than the extended editions which are regardless of what peter jackson might say about them the definitive versions of those movies <laughs> Peter Jackson showed himself to be a fool in the end. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> it's the only time I've disagreed. Literally, every director I've ever heard of will be like, "No, the director's cut is the one you should watch." That's my yeah. vision for the film. Peter Jackson says, "No, no, no, don't watch the extended edition. Watch the regular ones." And I, you're you're an idiot, Peter Jackson. All right, I need to, <laughs> I need to see all of it. Okay, I need to see more of the the ninth age or whatever the thing with uh like but with the with the the big battle with Sauron before Lord of the oh, Rings yeah, takes yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. I, to be honest with you, I don't. I think I've seen at least two of the extended editions. I don't actually know if I've seen all three, and I couldn't even tell you which ones I've seen. To be honest with you, okay, they're they're all great. They're all great, but I didn't see them. Um, and, but what um, I will tell you is, the first DVD my family ever owned was uh, Lord of the Rings: Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, well, there you go. Well, yeah. and I think they all came out. I, this is this is the one. I don't know about the DVDs actually. That was this was going to be a nice segue. One year after the other, the didn't they? Well, they, yeah, they did, but I think the DVDs would have been middle of the year. But I think the yeah. reason I, I consider these Christmas movies is because they all came out in December. So Fellowship was the 11th, uh, Two Towers was 12th, and Return of the King was the 17th of 2001, 2002, and 2003, respectively. And I have a feeling, I didn't check this, but I have a feeling the Harry Potter films, certainly the first three, came out round about the same time as well. Yeah, November was the first one, so probably they did actually. Yeah. Okay. And there's a lot of yeah. you know trees in them. Trees are Christmassy. That's true. In, That's in a true. Manner of speaking. Um, yeah. Okay. What what have you got next then? I've done my Lord of the Rings bit. I've I've, I've said my piece. Right. So I've mentioned before um, that uh, I, I was going to maybe mention a buddy co- uh, not buddy cop, just a buddy a buddy film. And sure. um, we were talking about uh, this. I think in our first ever episode of the best movie podcast ever, where we've laid down the top ten films of all time. Definitive. <laughs> yeah, got that out definitively. Nice um, and that is, of course, Toy Story. Now, oh, Toy- lovely. Yeah. This now, this actually, I, I could, to be honest with you, now as a father, I could put down every Disney film ever because we basically get through them all. But um, Toy Story is one that sort of stands the test of time for me in terms of my own watching. I, I suppose. Yeah. Um, it does end in Christmas in the first film so you could maybe say that that's a little connection mm. but overall for me I just think it's a really especially the first film it's a real sort of trip down memory lane for me and uh, if Christmas is for anything it's for nostalgia um, I know the uh, yeah. Hollywood has sort of commandeered nostalgia 100% and put it into new projects but <laughs> one might say weaponized nostalgia <laughs> yeah the best, po- the, the best nostalgia f- the best nostalgia for me still is when you watch something that you did watch when you were a child of your own accord not when you're shown it in a new film that's the best nostalgia for me is when you actually seek it out yourself and just like i did a few weeks ago when i first watched when i watched that uh chevy chase film man of the house again for the first time in 25 years yeah i did it with toy story as well i mean you can't ask for much more than that with toy story really and i think i think like toy story certainly even if it didn't come out around christmas or even if it doesn't really contain any any kind of overt nods to christmas definitely like the spirit of 
giving and like the magic of toys coming to life is yeah. certainly one i mean that's you know it's in the nutcracker uh the, like there's there's plenty of christmas stories that that utilize those those kind of plot points to tell to tell fun stories i think it's... Oh, you mentioned the nutcracker that's hilarious my son was running around today with our nutcracker like from our christmas decorations okay. and uh and his legs fell off so uh it's funny that he was running around going dad dad can you fix mr cracker right and <laughs> i personally thought this was hilarious because for obvious historical reasons but but also because my son somehow as a three and a half year old gave this man the first name nut yeah well i mean <laughs> nutcracker <laughs> that's great it sounds like a kind of uh, an old like australian prospector just <laughs> like just the you know kind of wild-eyed mountain man who lives like off of a off of a town in sort of 19th century australia that's amazing yeah you like, want to go was... take that to nut cracker he'll show you the way um <laughs> i will that was i apologize for that awful australian accent i will say though it is justified in the sense that my partner made me sit down and watch a good portion of basil Luhrmann's australia uh oh, really? recently and holy shit does that movie suck yeah it's that's just, not a good that's that's not a good film so um, long I, I i made it through it the first time potentially for a little for the um like i like the australian outback uh aesthetic but yeah it's not a good film i, I, I didn't mind that. like i thought the food the movie was going to end with the cattle drive i was like they've got the cattle into the the pen we, it's a feel-good thing. It wasn't the best movie, but all right. And then they do a whole World War Two sequence. Just, yeah, they literally were like, oh. "Well, we're making a film set in the Northern Territory. We may as well show. We may as well show it getting bombed because you know yeah. what? Australia doesn't. They're like, they're probably Basil was like, Australia doesn't get enough credit for actually being bombed in World War Two. We need, we need to put this in a film, no matter yeah. how stupid it seems. Yeah, we like, we we need our own version of Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, speaking of bombing things, I'm going to go through these quite quickly because I have just um, made fun of Hollywood for weaponizing nostalgia and both of these movie series have absolutely emphatically <laughs> fallen victim to it, but I'm going to mention them anyway. And I think these are going to... I would be surprised if these like haven't popped up in your Christmas watchings at some point in your life, uh, as they have for many people, I'm sure. And that is uh, Star Wars and Indiana Jones, um, movies that... As you said, like I, I, I tend to be quite sceptical of nostalgia, but having said that, there is no better feeling than just kind of like curling up under a blanket and accidentally watching all of the original trilogy of Star Wars or watching a couple of Indiana Jones movies, I think. Um, yeah. And yeah, they, they absolutely still have that effect on me. I, I For Star Wars, I saw them in a weird order. I saw Return of the Jedi first, then Empire Strikes Back, and then A New Hope so i really didn't understand what was happening for for most of it but um well well, it's still good though uh like they that's that's what i love about those original three films is they actually do have a start middle and end of each three of the parts i i think anyway but i my 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 order that i saw star wars was crazy uh go on is this going to include the prequels oh of course it is i i I watched because i am a true millennial uh yeah um i actually I don't, deeply I don't, invested I don't. in the uh, the reevaluation. I think it probably just shows how early movies. you were on the on the internet. You know what I mean? Like you were yeah. already on the you were already on the internet going on uh, forums saying oh, Phantom Menace is oh, crap. Oh, absolutely! You know? I was I was deeply <laughs> invested in that. Whereas uh, I wasn't like that. I was just like a little plucky eyed kid going. Like my dad was taking me to see Star Wars, and uh, Star. So Phantom Menace was clearly the first one I saw. Um, right. Qui Gon Jinn, you know, you forever in my heart. Uh, then. 
gone but not forgotten. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. The big Obviously, we've got some problematic, problematic statements from Liam Neeson in the last <laughs> few years, but but quite gone. He was Jin, of a different generation, Anthony. You can't blame him. Qui Gon Jinn was <laughs> was the man. Now, Qui Gon Jinn, Darth Maul was cool. You have to admit that. But then it episode, was. episode episode one, episode two. Then for some reason, we decided to go and watch the original trilogy between uh, Attack of the Clones. Probably the sand scene that inspired us. Um, yeah. Then uh, we saw the third one. Funny story about the third one. My dad took us to see that. We we, we went to see all three. The third one came out when we living we were living in Ireland at that point, and I remember my dad fell asleep in the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> and was snoring his head off and we were like dad 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 can you stop snoring right and he got up <laughs> and he went in the car he went to the car and he sat in the car and waited on us slept in the car while we were in the cinema unbelievable oh. did he not like find any joy in the that final i, I mean i i still i know a lot of people he didn't even think, make it to the final lights of a battle but it, not even the final lightsaber battle the bit with the like that thing's operational dun, 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 dun. and like you know they're all like f- pulling up as the shield is revealed and there's a bunch of star destroyers behind them oh that's good I think, I think to be honest with you my dad was always a bit bored by child execution and uh, uh, okay sure that's the part to put him to sleep oh wait no put hold him. on you're talking about yeah you're talking about revenge of the sith here aren't you yeah, yeah, yeah return yeah. the jedi okay yeah I, 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 i'm with him i'm, I'm back with him <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he fell asleep whereas we were all like oh my god a 70 minute lightsaber battle this is amazing I, uh, I could not get past them calling the children younglings at no point could I, I move past that it's just uh, the stupidest word yeah like to be honest with you I'm, I'm not a, I'm, 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 I, I probably would go as far to say I'm a big fan of the prequels not because I think they're great films, but because that nostalgia feeling. But yes, yeah, I think Star Wars is a good one. I think, again, it fits the bill, doesn't it, of like a long-running yeah. series. Well, of a... <laughs> And it's like Harry Potter in that um, I'm pretty sure John Williams did the score for at least a few of the Harry Potter films. I might I might be wrong about that. Let me know if I'm wrong about that. But I, th- I think John I Williams... I did... would be surprised if he did. I'm... Now, he might have. He might have. Um, I just don't know if She Who Must Not Be Names rule that only people from the British Isles should be involved in the in the making of it extended to the score. Let's have a um, look. Oh, he, okay, so he was the composer of the first three films and creator of Hedwig's theme. So he didn't do all the films, but he ah, did. Okay. But, but I mean... That makes my, sense. Chris Columbus got him on board. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but I mean, my point was going to be that if John Williams is doing the music to your movie, there's a good chance that you've made a Christmas movie, even if you didn't realise it. I think it's safe yeah, to yeah. say. Uh, obviously not like Schindler's List but oh yeah 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 well you know there is there is sadness at Christmas too Uh, yeah uh, maybe not that much and I think (laughs) Oscar Schindler is a real life hero um, that's true whereas other people who we celebrate at Christmas may not be but what I'll say is um, is that I didn't actually know until you said that John Williams did that what is with John Williams and being able to come up with an iconic main theme like how does he do it (laughs) I mean, it's, it is uncanny. It? it is uncanny. I'd like. I'd, so, I, there's 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 two parts of of me when it comes to John Williams. There's the part that absolutely loves most of the music that he does. I'm always just like, well, this is just great. And yeah. there's the other part of me that's like, well, this is very derivative of romantic era composers, <laughs> which is true. It is true. But at the, you know, you can listen to like Rap Man and our second piano concerto and be like, well, this is quite quite similar to a lot of what John Williams did. But it doesn't change the fact that you know. 
if it was that bloody easy, every film composer would do it. And yep. unfortunately, there's only like a handful, certainly in Hollywood, who've actually managed to do it with the same skill uh, that John Williams has. It's just, it is unbelievable the consistency with which he churns out absolute bangers. Yeah, it's, it's not, yes, exactly. It's not even just that he has all those reminiscent elements to whatever you just said, but he, he also has uh, like the, you know, like in pop music, they have like the earworm, you know, like yeah. the, the main sort of hook. He, he is able to churn them out for like give him like, any any project that comes out if if john williams had was able to score it right if he could score any like i'm going to do a series of films here it's based on a wizard doing this he he would be able to make an iconic tune that everyone recognizes. yeah you know it could be it could be put in a general population pub quiz and everyone would get it i yeah. don't understand how he does it time and time again yeah i, I yeah i mean i mean you know it's it, people complain or make fun of them because you know the superman theme the star wars theme the indiana jones theme are kind of similar to each other but you know there's only who complains so many... who complains conrad who complains well, I don't about know, that? like people people out no there one complains the about that no one complains about let that. me do the standard internet thing of inventing someone who holds a point of view <laughs> yeah, i disagree yeah. with so i can get angry about them you gotta That's... straw that man straw yeah, exactly. that man, conrad. i need to have this in my life <laughs> so i can feel intelligent but uh, no i mean uh, the, the the thing that is impressive about John Williams beyond what, what, what you've just said there is the fact that I think more than any other composer of film maybe of music not the, mm-hmm. or, or non-pop music is that you could go to most people on the street and be like hum the theme to Star Wars and they'd be able to yeah. do it or like hum the theme to Superman and like even though there have been like 75 Superman movies since John Williams scored one um, they, like he his is still the definitive theme for it it's uh, yeah it's unbelievable and um, his music can elevate a movie I, I wonder if it's it is like a partially a quality that his music is so good that it, it it just makes it very easy to be nostalgic for it even if it's not kind of explicitly yeah. a Christmas movie and that kind of ties into that Christmassy feeling yeah potentially um, it just shows you how good he is that when I think to myself like Pirates of the Caribbean who did who did that I was like must be John Williams actually it's Hans Zimmer it is you know Hans so Zimmer, like yeah. you know so it's it's like all like the little eerie wig ones I always think is him but yeah, yeah. So there you go but um, yeah brilliant brilliant Star Wars is a good shot I, I will very quickly because I haven't mentioned it at all um, I will just mention Indiana Jones here as well yeah um, just to say that there was a not inconsiderate period of my youth where Indiana Jones was my hero and I wanted to grow up to be him so obviously it had a big effect on me um, watching him and Marcus and his dad ride off into the sunset at the end of the Last <laughs> Crusade was a it filled me with a tremendous amount of nostalgia, and that was the last Indiana Jones film they ever made. So you know what a fit, what a fitting end to uh, to the Indiana I know, Jones. It was, it was a terrible shame that they put uh, Harrison Ford in a, in a fridge and you know blasted him across the desert for no reason yeah. they should have at least released a film around that yeah but you know he said this is how i want to go and they, and they and they locked him in that fridge and they fired him across the desert in nevada or wherever that was and area 51 uh, i think is nevada maybe Arizona. yeah it was area 51 wasn't it yes um and that was the end of that there were no more indiana jones films after that i can't believe they're still making a making a, a fifth one to be honest i i Every single time it comes, like even after the fourth one, they were talking about rebooting it and, like, you know, who's yeah. going to be Chris Pratt's going to be the next oh, Indiana Jones. I was hard on the Chris Pratt should be Indiana Jones wagon, and I look back now and I'm like, thank God I don't commission <laughs> movies or cast movies. And I hear he wasn't even going to do an Italian accent for it. Um, oh. Why? Terrible. Why even take the part if you're not going to? Ha- if you're not going to be faithful <laughs> to Harrison Jared, Ford's hashtag original. Jared Leto is Mario. Get it going. <laughs> yeah.
Finally. Finally, someone says it. Um, okay, that I've got one more that I'm going to talk about, but it's going to yep. be very quick. Have you got any others that you'd like to speak about? Uh, I've got one or two that I'm going to mention, but then I've got like the last one I'll talk about. It's going to be, again, very quick. I just wanted to mention Okay, it. well, you go. You go You go through okay, yours. Okay, so obviously uh, everyone knows of this channel that I love. We bought a zoo. Um, I want to get some sort of reaction video in the future of Conrad and I watching that. Even though we've both seen it before, I want to make him watch it again. Yeah. Um, so that's one I watch all the time at Christmas time, just because it's my favorite movie. Um it's my favorite like family movie so it makes sense i'll watch it at christmas time and then i've also got uh obviously back to the future uh which we've oh, talked yeah. about on this podcast many times before big fan of time travel back to the future is a big nostalgic one the one i wanted to talk about which is a bit sort of out of left field ironically saying that considering uh that marvel films got 30 percent of the box office of you oh, uh, <laughs> last year i could year. not believe that when I, well, I, mean, I could believe it but i was also just like oh no oh no yeah. we're in trouble guys that 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 was pretty bad and i you know like I was like, you know, why did we not all learn the the, the valuable lesson of Monopoly at a young age? Anyway, anyway. Um, my point is that Marvel films have become this sort of thing for me. And I'll tell you why. Because as a teacher, in the run-up to Christmas time... Now, I don't choose to put these on. I just will say to you. But other teachers, uh, whenever on the run-up, they say, they, say, they say to the boys... Right, boys, I'm marking your tests here. You know how everyone's done this. Everyone's been in school at this time of year. <clears throat> marking your tests here. I'm going to put a movie on for you. What do you want to watch? Yeah. And all, they all want to watch Marvel films. So, okay. when they come, so that when they come into my class and I'm going to put a movie on, they say, sir, we're, we're three quarters of the way through Iron Man. Can we finish it? You know. So then I'm like, all right. So, then we, we, so basically, the last sort of four or five years working in secondary school, um, I have been watching a lot of Marvel films at Christmas time because okay. of that. Um, right. So th that's why Marvel films are sort of Christmassy to me now. Once the once the uh, school season ends, then I don't think I've watched any Marvel films myself over Christmas this year, except obviously Spider Man because I went to see it in the cinema. But um, yeah, I don't I don't think I've watched any myself. But but in school I have I have yeah. done so. Well, I, th I mean Spider Man mentioning it briefly is probably going to be like that nostalgic Star Wars kind of movie yeah. for a yeah. generation of kids based on how many people saw it but that's that's interesting I, I remember when i was in school when we got things put on it would be like my german teacher putting on das boots or like a, a, a gladiator or something something that you can pretend is like historical is, is sort of well i'm talking about proper dead time at the end of the term when everyone's got something different to be doing um and most of most of the pupils aren't there you know okay I mean, I suppose you could put on like Thor and claim it's like a religious studies thing. Be like, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, to be honest, I actually have thought to myself as the maths teacher, maybe I'll like I, when I when we did used to did space when I taught science, I used to put the Martian on. I used to love it, but um, yeah. I, I I thought to myself I could put on like a Beautiful Mind or like Goodwill Hunting or something for maths, you know. But then I was like, <laughs> there's not really any way to justify putting a maths film on it. You know That's what I mean? True. Put on the imitation game. Just teach <laughs> yeah. about code breaking the nazis that'd be great i mean technically like that is what maths should be but it is just all so cent uh, centered around exams that you couldn't get away with doing it you know? yeah <laughs> well uh or, or actually i'll tell you what, could, what was the name of that time travel movie we watched that was great uh about the the, t the two people who like invent a time machine um it was like a really low budget thing oh yeah 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 i've completely I forgotten that i feel really bad about it because it was a great movie um, I i've i Ask me any other day, and I would have I would have remembered that. I was literally reading about it a couple of weeks ago because someone brought it up. And it's why gone. can I not remember this? <clears throat> I'm blanking but, so hard. But show them that. Show them. You know, I suppose that'd be more of a science kind of physicsy kind of uh, kind of film. But um, yeah, 
you've got all these options available to you. What I'm saying is stop stop poisoning your children's minds with Marvel, everyone. No, that's that's a joke. Marvel's fine. We're doing fine. Uh, I like Marvel movies just fine. Um, I am googling this. We are going to have it. But yes, I agree with you. Um, I do agree with you. Uh, Primer, Primer, Primer. That was it. It was yeah. That's a great. What is wrong with me? Show that to your physics class and be like, listen, Mm -hmm. you could do this. You could break reality (laughs) as we know it it, with a simple set of scraps and some I don't know screws from from your your job that you do and a a garage that's all you need (laughs) um okay right well so i'm just going to mention one last film very quickly then uh, which is uh a film that i'm confident basically no one who is listening to this will have seen because i've never met i've literally never met another person who's seen this movie uh it is 1985's adventures of hercules starring runner-up mr universe and uh the incrediblest of hulks uh lou ferrigno um <laughs> as as the titular hercules uh, it's an italian film uh or se- well sort of italian it was, it was made by an italian crew but filmed in i don't actually know where it was filmed i don't think it was filmed in america but lou ferrigno was in it anyway directed by a guy called luigi cosi uh who uh used the pseudonym uh lewis coates um, and he directed a couple of movies that I love called, uh, what was it, Contamination and Star Crash, which are like awful alien rip-offs in an, um, Italian cinema, and worked with Dario Argento on a movie called Phenomena. Um, and it is the best Hercules movie ever made. Uh, it is dreadful. There's a bit <laughs> where uh, he fights a lightning man, uh, and then he kills Medusa, uh, and then he fights like cyberpunk robot monsters, and it's fucking brilliant. It is right well that's, that sounds good that sounds good it is so good this movie and I, the only reason I associate it with the Christmas is because my dad recorded it as, as he liked to do onto VHS around Christmas time and I watched it it's nothing to do with I mean maybe Hercules probably enjoyed Christmas uh, like in some ways I mean I appreciate that he was around before the birth of Christ but <laughs> like he would have enjoyed the yeah the, the 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 event of the birth of whatever messiah whatever you know yeah well, I suppose he, he, he's like he's, sort of a demigod isn't he what is he yeah 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 he's the, the, the so his own birth and... is a Christmas of sorts exactly so we I don't know when Hercules was born but maybe he was the original Bible story uh, we simply we simply don't have enough information <laughs> we don't know, yeah. that's probably probably blasphemous what I've said there but never mind you know. but if Let's, you listen a... Willem Dafoe playing Jesus is the most blasphemous you can get so if <laughs> if that's in the world we can say what we want. I've never, I've not seen the Last Temptation of Christ. I've owned that movie for over a year now and still not gotten around to watching it. It's one of my many, one of my many, many film purchasing failings. Um, <laughs> anything else that you would like to add then to this pretty illustrious list? I have to say. I mean, it is big budget galore. I, I to yeah, be honest with you, I suppose like just comedy films. You know, like I suppose I would watch Mel Brooks films. Okay. Um, maybe yep. uh, back in the day, maybe I watched would have watched some Adam Sandler stuff. Um, Blazing know, Saddles 90s. is always a good shout. Uh, Blazing for... Saddles, Men in Tights is my go-to because that has nostalgia for me. The other ones I watched the rest of his catalog when I was sort of early twenties. Yeah, the Men in Tights one is the one that has nostalgia for me, so that's one I would probably go to the most. Um, yeah, you really shouldn't uh, really be showing Blazing Saddles to children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, I don't. Well, I don't show Men in Tights to children either. But you know, yes. Um, lots of, some, there's some unfortunate silhouette images in that film. Well, that's all I'll say. But um, uh, yeah, so probably that probably comedies Mel Brooks and stuff you know okay well there you go what better what better season for them than the season of giving 
laughs in this case. Yeah, um, real laughs. Okay, well, I mean, it, it's kind of a bit of a nebulous one, but we're going to answer it as we do every week, uh, and that is uh, the question: What is your favourite movie this week, Anthony? Well, considering it's the first episode of the year, I'm going to say what my favourite movie is this week, but it actually just means my favourite movie of the whole year last year, and that is. Because you reminded me of its existence, even though I was listening to it on, in my car yesterday. Bo Burnham's Inside. And yes, it does count as a movie. Lovely. Um, I had just finished my Letterbox Top 10 uh, last week, actually, and that did get my number one spot as well. So that's what I'm going to say. But my, my other top three were Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar and The Matrix Resurrections, which we may talk about at some point in the future on this very show. So keep I your will eyes be seeing it that. soon. Uh, Conrad highly recommends it, even though it's being panned. I think it's not uh, being panned. It's just it's divisive. It's divisive. Which which I like a divisive film. Yeah. And I all I could see that it was it was failing. And Conrad has let me know one or two themes, which no spoilers, but one or two themes which may be present, which make me think that maybe I will like it, uh, even though the box yeah. office is not. I hope well. you. Do. I mean, I I hope at the very least, I hope people go and see it because it's doing some interesting stuff with cool. the nature of nostalgia and sequels, which I really enjoyed. I think. I think your your enjoyment of it will vary largely depending on how much you're okay with hearing very clearly the voice of the author speaking through the piece because it's not it's not subtle I'll say. Which, it's a little uh, bit catcher in the rye ish, is it? A, yeah, a little bit. But um, but I mean, I happen to agree. I happen to agree with everything that it was saying. So I was like, cool, yeah, <laughs> yeah, go go okay. for it, Wachowski sisters. Um, okay, right. Well, so that is going to lead us quite nicely into. No, it's going to lead us into our outro. I don't know what I'm talking about. I was I was getting ready Quite to segue into, into something. It, it is leading nicely into the outro. We're in it. We've made it <laughs> to the outro. So thank you to Nancy Wyatt and Jared Iscariot for the use of our theme song. Check out uh, links to their stuff down in the description below. Um, if you haven't already, check out the latest episode. I need to remember to pro- uh, like promote stuff on our channel. Check yeah. out the latest episode of Bad Guy Breakdowns on the channel. Uh, it's on The Matrix, which might be an indication, as I've already hinted. Um, uh, mm-hmm. An upcoming BMP future episode. And also, Anthony did a very good um, a, a video on A Look Forward, which I haven't actually even watched. I haven't watched this. A Look Forward on uh, the new uh, Yon Chafris and Baron Bayoda series, 1899, which is doing... It's doing gangbusters. The people are talking about it. Um, so if you want to get involved <laughs> in that conversation... I, go. I, can't, I, can't, I can't, can't get out to dinner with the family. You can't get out the door. He can't yeah. leave the house. Uh, <laughs> so please check those out. That's uh, The Culture Cave on uh, on our YouTube channel. And thank you to you for joining us in this exciting new year. We'll be doing plenty more of these, so stick with us. Please consider subscribing. As I said, we are The Culture Cave on YouTube. We're the best movie podcast ever on podcasting apps. Uh, get involved in the comments. Let us know what you watched over the Christmas period. And we will see you same time, same place next week. Happy New Year.